0: From the Oxano Podcast Network, welcome to My Ministry Breakthrough, hosted by me, Brian Rose. This podcast is all about pastors sharing unfiltered stories of moments large and small of times when the fog of ministry chaos clears and breakthrough clarity happens.
1: When people get an insight into the power of understanding their call and how they're living it out, they get an even greater understanding of what it means for the church to have a shared mission and the ways in which the church can live it out. So I say I I have seen, our experience so far is, as people get more clarity around their own call and and how that that is being lived out. They get more excited and more engaged for the church to be on mission. And then they align themselves, meaning they now understand, oh, this is where I get jazzed up. This is my my moment.
0: The dawn of a new year has always been a thoughtful time for me. I enjoy spending a few minutes in review of what God has done over the past 12 months and thank him for the provision and grace completely undeserved. But even more than that, I love to look forward and anticipate what God might have ahead. There's just something about a new fresh year, making plans, setting goals, dreaming about what might be for your family, setting resolutions for what should or could change. It's a time when everything is new and the year is uncorrupted by life kind of like peeling the plastic protector off of a new electronic, which by the way is my wife's love language. Yes, peeling the protective plastic off of something new. She likes to say it will never be cleaner than it is right now. And you know, it's the same for a new year. It will never have more potential and purpose than it does right now. I've yet to meet a pastor or leader that doesn't look into a new year in the same way and anticipate some kind of increase in the impact or commitment of their elders, deacons, even the volunteer teams. My guest in today's episode loves leadership and is passionate about helping people discover and live out their unique life calling. Kelly Conwisher is the Chief Executive Officer of Unique, and as the Your Life, Your Call website explains, Unique is the first gospel-centered life planning experience that brings together vigorous assessment, personal coaching, and transferable training to provide powerful breakthrough in ten essential life design skills, there may be no greater accomplishment for you or your leadership during this new year than to engage and define your life calling. So, lean in and listen up to Kelly Conwisher, CEO of Unique, from Atlanta, Georgia. So, Kelly, where are you right now?
1: I live in Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Great. And what what part of Atlanta?
1: We live in uh, the Chastain Park Buckhead area of Atlanta. Okay. My husband serves as the pastor of Peachtree Church here in in Atlanta. We've been here exactly two years now.
0: Great. And how the last two years been as an Atlantite? I mean, had you guys lived in Atlanta before? Were you familiar with the crazy traffic of Atlanta?
1: We were not, uh, and it is crazy. Surprise! Surprise. We've lived in uh, Southern California where there is traffic. We've lived in New Jersey, New York City area where there is traffic, but uh, Atlanta really does have a corner on on traffic. Uh, no, but we love it. I'm from the yeah. East Coast. Um, I grew up in Florida, went to college in Virginia, and then seminary in New Jersey, so I have friends up and down the East Coast, family here, um, so it's been great to be closer to family and, and to really get to know Atlanta.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love it when people think, oh, it's Atlanta is the South and, and Atlanta is the South, but there's something that's not Southern about Atlanta. There's something about that metropolitan area. Maybe it's the movies are filming there. Maybe it's all those things that are happening in Atlanta right now, but it seems like a real metropolitan city, not quite Southern, but yet Southern. Does that, does that ring true from your experience that you've had really a worldwide or global?
1: It really does. And I, I heard the um, statistic when we first moved here that it is the third, the st- the city with the third largest number of headquarters of fortune 100 companies in the United States. Number one is New York city. Number two is Houston, but number three is Atlanta. And that would be Coca-Cola, UPS, um, Mercedes Benz of North Carolina, of North America, rather, yeah. um, uh, Delta, just amazing companies are here and they're global companies, Home Depot. Uh, so we have great leaders that come from all over the world to spend some time in Atlanta. So I think that's where it gets the, the yeah. metropolitan feel of different people coming here for, for business. Um, but it's also just a great place to visit. People how, are, does that,
0: how does that shape the leadership culture of the church? I mean, you guys uh, have been in, in you know, great churches in different parts of the country. Is there something about the leadership culture in Atlanta because of that that, you've, that you can notice, that you can see?
1: People want to bring their best. I okay. think that's, that's kind of the the difference we've seen is people want to bring their best to the church uh, just like they do in their lives and in their work. Um, and that has been a lot of fun to see the desire to release resources, the desire to have an impact on the city. Uh, they're very uh, mindful of the city and wanting mm-hmm. to make it a great place to live for all people. And I think that does in part come from the corporate ethos, you know, how engaged the the companies are in Atlanta um, and the, the desire to partner and to do that strategically um, also with the church and the church brought like our church in particular, but the church broadly in Atlanta is, is really a deep in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously with um, Dr. King's um, influence coming through Atlanta, it's just seeing the way that the church and the, the corporate community and then the civic communities have partnered together over the years really does make it a very distinct Atlanta culture.
0: Well, I know leadership is is really close to your heart. I mean, that's that's kind of, as we have tracked through the years, I first met you, you were vice president uh, of, 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 I think it was admin and PR, right? I mean, you were at Vanguard University yep. and now you're CEO of Unique. So leadership has always kind of been uh, in the top there. Tell us about your current role today. Tell us about this role at Unique and how that's shaping your leadership today.
1: Yes, thanks. I have the Privilege of serving unique, uh, which is growing every day. Uh, it's
0: Y O U N I Q U E, right? That's that's unique, right. Unique, right?
1: It is a unique of spelling of unique. Y O U N I Q U E, which is um, dedicated to helping churches unleash the potential of their people by helping individuals discover, define, and live out their unique, special life call. And the idea so, is...
0: Let's just pause it right there. Uh-huh. What, is that, what does that really mean? Like, give that to me in the Saturday words.
1: Saturday words are we think churches and our experiences with churches is that the church is phenomenal at helping people live out their general calling. And what we mean yeah. by that is what, is, what is it that every disciple of Jesus Christ shares regardless of where you live um, in the world? Well, we all worship the Lord. We all worship together. We serve him uh, through various different ways. We learn to pray. And mm-hmm. we practice prayer. We uh, read the word, study the word, get to know his word. Uh, and we do those things really, really well as a church. And we help people become disciples in those ways. We have not been as good or as intentional about helping individuals then say, um, well, what is my special calling? And what we mean by that is, what does, does that mean for me, Kelly Conwisher, uh, in my forties, living in Atlanta with two teenage girls, what what does God's best look like for me in this life stage with these resources, with the unique gifts and talents that I have, and how am I supposed to dedicate my life to Him and help build the kingdom uh, with that special set of circumstances and gifts and talents? And as much as millennials and uh, everyone has uh, pursued, what am, I, what am I here for? What's, what's yeah. the reason that God's put me on the earth? Um, uh, we we haven't as, as well as we can as the church really helped to help people answer that question. And that's what Life Unique is completely dedicated to.
0: So it's really, it sounds like it's connecting this idea of disciple making and Everyday, you know, vocational living, and you're saying, Hey, these aren't two separate things being a disciple of Jesus Christ and living, working, playing in the community, especially vocationally working, those aren't two separate things. You are, you are one person, and your vocation is directly called to your is directly connected to your discipleship. And so, you guys are saying, Hey, listen, we help the church bridge, bridge that gap, help people find the, that, is that. Is that fair?
1: It is. We would say that um, the call of the church of, is to make disciples. Right. Uh, Dallas Willard said once, you know, there's only two questions any church should ask. One is what's your process for making disciples? And the second is, does it work? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, Do they have to answer both questions? Have I, to answer think, both I think, questions. I think the, the answering the second one is a lot harder than answering the first one for most churches.
1: Amen. Uh, Unique is a disciple-making uh, culture, it, it, it's not a program, it's not a campaign, it's not a you know six-week, one-and-done thing. It really is a way to understand how to help people understand their identity in the Lord and then how to live it out in a day-to-day way. I, and I think one of the biggest misconceptions that we try to help people uh, name or identify and then break down is the fact that in our world, and our culture, we've kind of equated what our job is with what our call is. So people tend to get all kind of tied up around the axle when, when job space gets confused or there's options in the job space, right? And, yeah. Or jobs go wrong. Like sometimes yeah. things are yucky at work or, or you lose a job and then people get into a spiritual crisis of, well, then I don't know what my call is. Yeah. And one of the things that we, we really work on it at Unique is um, helping people understand the distinction between your call and then how your vocation fits into that and is a part of it, but it is not the same thing. And I think when the church can really help people understand that, um, it gives them peace, it gives people security, it gives them the ability to then look at their vocation uh, with a sense of... Hope um, but also with intentionality. Well, how do I design that to be something that both gives me a ton of joy and it glorifies God in the
0: process? Why, why do you think it's important for the church to play a leadership role in that? Like if I'm a pastor listening to this podcast right now or a church staff member of some sort, um, maybe I'm wrestling with, okay, so why is this our role? Why is this, why are we the ones that are supposed to help these, these people figure out you know this connection here? What is it? What is the church's role in that?
1: Such a great question. I think there's two ways I'd love to answer that. I think the first is, is I mean, if we're um, honest about being church leaders, we're always in the space of- well, and
0: like, We're not honest about being church leaders. Oh, yeah, most let's of the be time. honest for a second. But maybe when I'm listening to a podcast, I can be the most honest,
1: right? <laughs> it's a new year. Let's, let's be honest. Let's right. start it off right here. That um, we find ourselves in the pressure place of, Finding, recruiting, begging people to come be part of the programs
0: that we've got going on at the
1: church. Like we need teachers, we need small
0: group leaders, it's about whatever it is. Recruiting volunteers. We just got to have bodies to fill the slots, right? right?
1: And it's very stressful for us as church leaders. And the people on in our, our congregations are going. I don't know if I really want to do that, but my pastor says I, he needs this, so I'm going to say yes out of a sense of devotion or or responsibility obligation, Uh, obligation, Um, but, you know, and it's not that any of it's bad. It's just, it may not be the right fit for somebody's unique talents and giftings and experience or expertise. And so we wind up unintentionally putting people into service opportunities or teaching responsibilities or whatever that just aren't life-giving, right? And then they, unintentionally what happens, people can get Bad messages. One is, I don't think Jesus really cares about me because I'm not feeling joy-filled. I'm not feeling alive. I'm, I'm just kind of feel feeling like I'm- Not
0: purpose that, that, that I'm contributing here in some way.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the second thing they get is a sense of, well, I just need to do this for a period of time and then I, I've paid my dues and I can check out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And neither one of those two things are true about discipleship. Discipleship is a lifelong journey with the Lord, and it is intended to be full of joy. There will be trial, struggles, and challenges along the way to be sure, but it is supposed to be a life-giving walk with the Lord. So, I think churches have a great opportunity to kind of shift from "What do I need or want from people?" to a mindset of a, really a cultural leadership shift to saying how can I help people identify their call, what they feel like their um, life is for the kingdom? And then how as a church can we get behind them and let them release that? And we believe that that if we can do that, then it, the gospel would just be unstoppable because people would be um, living out of an energy that you can't create because it comes from, from the Lord. And The second reason I would say that unique really helps is because um, it, it shifts the church um, from being a place you go when you need something to a like, and that's a good thing, right? We yeah. we need to be there for people when um, those moments come in life where things are sad and hard and tragic. Unfortunately, a lot of our people don't look to the church though for training or for expertise or for how to design their lives out of a strength space. Mm. In other words, how Dream do we... That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do we help the church shift around to being uh, viewed by people as a place that has uh, strength, expertise, um, skill that they can impart to help me be a better disciple in the world? In other words, how can the church be a great training ground?
0: Mm.
1: And that's what that's the side that Life Unique is um, designed to help build up. Is to equip people with phenomenal tools that they can use for training on the positive strength side of life, so that they can, you know, not only enjoy uh, their own call but then weather those challenging times more successfully. Um, we would love the church for when people have a question about their work or their. Their, their, where they should invest their time or their energy or their money or their education, that instead of going to secular uh, types of expertise places, the marketplace, or places, the marketplace yeah. that they would actually look at the church and go, wow, the church, gospel-centered life design is here. And I want to tap into that and that the church is recognized as the hero. The church is the training yeah. ground. The church brings that value
0: to people. What if, yeah, what if like business leaders in the community, when they had a need, went to the church? Like, like my, yes. I've, I've, I've seen this in, in a couple of times when we've, I've been talking with church groups, wrestling around the idea of, of leadership multiplication and kind of the one of the 12 templates, you know, beyond the horizon. And, and, you know, there's this kind of thing, like we, we kind of laugh, like when you see uh, Chick-fil-A, you, you have a teenage kid come in, want a job and you see they work for like a couple of years at Chick-fil-A. Like maybe they're in their twenties now. Yeah, you're like my okay, Probably going to hire that kid because if they can make it two years at Chick Fil A, you know they're going to fit. You know they're the kind of kid you want, right? I mean, just just let's just you know you're at the home of Chick Fil A, so you get what I'm saying. Hey, right? My pleasure. You, you, yeah, yeah, I mean, my pleasure. <laughs> uh, so so the kind of there's that thought. Like, what if like your church was that kind of a had that kind of reputation? Like, if somebody needed help, if somebody needed a position, if somebody needed a role from from hourly to the C-suite, they would. The first stop would be, "Hey, listen, pastor. Uh, I know you guys have some good leadership development going on there. Do you have anybody who's looking for a job right now?" Like they, they would be that. Uh, that would be amazing if the church could once again. Let's Because I think that's the way the church used to be. Well, at least I know through Absolutely. the arts. I know through you know through arts and even the sciences, the church is yeah. the 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 center of those things. But yet we've kind of surrendered that because. For some reason it wasn't spiritual enough. It wasn't Mm -hmm. theological enough or something. And so I'm going to come back around and ask a question out of this little little thing. Um, Where is the assure me, or 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 if I'm a pastor listening that there is a spiritual theological component to this? Now, now I know I'm talking to someone who has their masters of divinity from Princeton. So I feel like I can set you up for this question pretty well. There is a theological spiritual. This is as much a spiritual piece of it as it is, just a, a practical beast, correct?
1: Absolutely. It is um, gospel-centered life design, and that was the distinctive we wanted to create. So we uh, have, um, we, we, I'm talking about my two partners, Will Mancini and Dave Rhodes, who are the co-founders of Unique, have been out. Who do you like better,
0: Will or Dave?
1: Who do I like better? I'm um, just kidding. Go listen ahead. next week. Listen next week <laughs> when I reveal. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're a good team, and we all come from really different spaces, and so we've we've experienced in in the marketplace uh, various tools and mm-hmm. and processes. We we all have different trainings and certifications and licenses to deliver all kinds of different things. Uh, and and there's no question that um, those are all great, right? And um, but the distinction we wanted to create was what would it look like to take these incredible resources that are out there and then root them in the gospel Mm. to say that really, if you're going to ask questions about identity, what are my gifts, what are my talents, what are my abilities um, to do? So, you know, disconnected from the reality of the creator who gave them to you and what is the source of them for life um, is, is definitely a miss, you know, as a, as a disciple. Uh, so we went through the process of 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 just saying, how do we, from Scripture, come to this idea that we are unique individuals? Why, right? and that that that's a blessing, and um, it comes from Ephesians two ten, um, where Paul is telling the church, "Hey, you is you are his masterpiece," and the Greek word there for masterpiece is poema. It's his poem. You are a poem. There are no two masterpieces that are alike. There are no two poems that are alike. And the idea that we can be not only um, secure in the fact that the Lord made us to be beautiful, um, but that we can actually know what that poem is, that we can actually discover it and name it and enjoy it um, is is really where it comes from. So throughout the process, um, all all the twenty-four different sessions we have in Life Unique, um, we have um, everything rooted in Scripture yeah. the whole way through.
0: I love, I love that, and, and and maybe this is just my interpretation, but God it it calls us into the writing of that poem mm-hmm. alongside Him too, right? As Absolutely. we as we journey day to day, as we you know follow His guidance and leadership into the the nooks and cranny of life that He calls us. It's there's there's this kind of this co-authorship that it's not just well God's written a poem for my life and it's up to me to have to dis, you know kind of discover it like he's like a treasure map and he's given me these clues along the way and I have to struggle with it although there's clues and struggle it's more of a I man there's a co-authorship like you know there's something in there and this is tapping into the artsy side of me okay so I may I, I may it. get to I mean I'm drinking out of a coffee cup that's just kind of a one off it's a local, uh, local I like artist. it and so there's no other coffee mug like this. And I really love that idea. This is why this is a precious coffee mug for me is, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there is no other one of these coffee mugs. And so, you know, every sip, every sip is that. And so it's just a good reminder for me as I start my day with the, um, the, the most important liquid, uh, that exists in the world, uh, that there's this calling to uniqueness. There's this calling to, you know, to be exactly who he is, His calling me to be in that active, active form give us a little bit of your story. How did, I mean, how did you arrive at this passion? How did you get here? Why is this important to you? Um, take us back, Kelly, to, to how God has led you to this point into those nooks and crannies, if you will. Um,
1: yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, I get to walk alongside people, help them name their call, and then find them in, in the, that they experience living it out, which is something I just didn't have like at all. Uh, what back do you in mean? The, at back of the beginning of my story, um, so I'm at seminary. I'm not really sure why I'm at seminary. I had a few questions with the Lord. This um, is at Princeton. This is at Princeton, and uh, I I honestly went because I thought, you know, I, I I'm I got a few problems with with. The Lord, right now, and, and my way of handling them. You thought them seminary
0: was, was a good way to work yeah, out I, your problems with the go Lord? I kind of
1: wrestle them down intellectually, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, I was not going to take
0: the Jacob approach and go to physical wrestling. Yeah. You're going to go for the wrestling of the mind, yeah?
1: Wrestling of the mind.
0: I hope and you I didn't come out of that, that one with yeah, a Yeah,
1: It was a great experience, yeah, actually, yeah. for me. I actually drew closer to the Lord through the experience. Um, wait,
0: wait. You grew closer to God in seminary? I
1: did. Isn't you that did. wild? Yeah. I loved it. And I, I mean, not to say it was easy and I, yeah. I pushed and pulled and people pushed, my professors and, and different people who mentored me and discipled me pushed and pulled too, but I, I, I liked it. But I'm, uh, I'm now falling in love with this other seminarian um, who just is like completely clear that his call is to be a preacher. Yeah. And I love him and that's great. And I am just completely angry at God that I do not have an equally clear call. Right, because at the time I was still thinking my call and my job were the same thing, and so I'm like, "Well, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I'm I don't want to be a pastor's wife. It looks like I'm going to be, and now what am I going to do? And so I'm. Yeah, hey, you didn't go to Princeton
0: for seminary to be a pastor's wife. Right? Oh
1: no, I did not. Mm-mm. I did not. Okay. Although I will say, I love my life. It's a blessing. I love being a pastor's wife, but that was not on the radar.
0: That was not the radar
1: at all. And I'm. I'm really tied up around the axle around it. So I go to to the spiritual director there and um, she's phenomenal. And she's asking me about my story and I'm telling her, I said, like, you know, I'm just mad at God for this. And she's asking me why. And I said, because, you know, like, like you're just supposed to like get, I've done everything right. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I'm a good person.
0: (laughs) You're giving your pedigree.
1: And I'm telling God, tell me what to do so I can just go do it, right? Yeah. And he's not answering me. And it's very frustrating. And I'm very angry about it. And she just, like, with this precious face, said, uh, it looked at me kind of with pity and just was like, who told you that? I'll never forget. It. That's what she asked me. She's like, who told you that? I said, what do you mean, who told me that? She said, yeah, like, who, t- who told you that the God just gives you, like, a moment and, like, a. A one call for the rest of your life. I was like, the Bible, the Bible told me that.
0: <laughs> Romans just, 12, like, one and two, do everything right. And you understand what his will is, right?
1: I mean, I had it. Like, I just looked at her like I thought she was nuts. But um, the more, of course, I talked, the more I realized she had a phenomenal point. And over time, um, came to see that um, what our What my job might be one day was not the same thing as my calling, and that that would be revealed over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And that's why Life Unique we call it a discipleship process. It's not a plan from the perspective of you know a one time write it on a piece of paper and it'll never change. Um, And so that was that was my big moment of realizing that this was going to be an exciting um, and sometimes scary journey. Uh, with the Lord and that I would, I would receive from him what I needed during that season. Yeah. And uh, that has been hard for me. I'll be be completely brutally honest that um, on the one side of the coin being devoted to my husband and following the call that he's had to serve different churches, um, I, has been great on the other side of the coin it 's been hard for me though because i haven 't had a sense of being able to kind of direct my own um, vocational decisions instead um, i 've just had a series of experiences of 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 just walking through the open door that was in front of me and trusting that the Lord would use it for his glory and for my enjoyment
0: and so. give us an example. Give us some examples cuz what I what I hear you saying is is you really didn't get to to choose on some levels like moving to Atlanta. On some yeah. levels. I know you're a part of it obviously, but you know you, Yeah. Or when, or when the, Lord, when the Lord when the Lord
1: says to go somewhere, you go. Otherwise yeah. it gets a little ugly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like Jonah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: No. No, you're right. So when we moved to Southern California, um we got settled there and I happened to meet the new president of, of a Christian college there at Vanguard university um, socially and came to know their story a little bit. They were, um, she was brand new kind of building her team and they had, they had some significant challenges to be able to navigate in the, in the short term. And we, had coffee and became friends. The next thing you know, I'm the vice president of the university <laughs> during, during a significant, like that, huh? <laughs> <I> mean,
0: <laughs>
1: A little bit, I mean, it's, it's a little, um, I didn't come from a higher ed background, so it was a little bit of kind of just falling forward into his grace. Yeah. And, uh, it was an incredible season. She was probably, probably is no, she wasn't probably, she is my, um, mentor. She was probably, I keep saying that she was the person who taught me the most significant leadership lessons that I, I carry with me at this stage of my life.
0: Like what? Give give me, give me some, let's share some of those lessons for our listeners.
1: I think for me, the most um, profound one was she taught me how to listen. I think sometimes as, as leaders, we, we talk a lot, especially those of us in church ministry. Like we're paid to talk sometimes. You
0: know? Yeah.
1: Um, and in a university context, I mean, being an academic, you, you share a lot of your own ideas, and that's good. It's important to do. Equally important, though, she taught me was to listen and to listen well. It, it was equally important to know what question to ask. Than it was to be prepared to share a solution or some expertise, um, she modeled it
0: mm. like how give me paint that picture for us like what what is listening well? What did it look like, or what did you learn? How did you learn how to listen well? What, what is the thing you changed or or made an adjustment as a result?
1: I think one example is we would go into board meetings, and um, as a team, we had our agendas you know, prepared and we had talked, we knew what the um, goals of the meetings were. And then, you know, as things go, uh, board members would take things in a very different direction. But it never ruffled her. Instead, she would just start asking a lot of questions. You know, tell me how you, tell me this, or why is that? And I think at the beginning of the journey, I would, I would get probably want to just start to redirect the the conversation back to where we wanted it to go or we had planned it to go. But there was just no anxiety, no fear. She would just go and ask the questions. And then if at the end of it, we needed to get back to where we thought we would be, she could definitely get us back there. But sometimes we wouldn't. Um, And I just learned that how powerful that was, how empowering it was, and that you could make better decisions uh, by asking great questions and, and, and out of a sense of security and peace, you know, not out of a sense of trying to control. That's one example.
0: Yeah. That seems, that seems huge. Cause I know for me, like in those situations in the past, as I've been on church staff, I, I would feel threatened. Like, I think, you know, you're, you're probably thinking and leading from, from your red and saying, okay, well, I'm going to, Let's get back on track. Let's get back on track, right? Let's get back to the to the blue agenda. The yellow in me would go like, oh, they don't like me. <laughs> right. They're yep. questioning things. And and so I think that security piece is, mm-hmm. is probably something that is a little bit underrated sometimes in how we in how we think about those things. Like the security to know I can listen to this board member, this deacon staff, this this elder body. Mm-hmm question and it and it, they're not questioning me and i can right. listen rather than respond or listen rather than react what are they really asking what are they really saying uh, that to me that's a breakthrough moment for me like like just being able to to do that it was huge
1: for me um one of the one of the fun places i i learned uh how powerful that could be was you know we sometimes when we were hiring a senior director level person something like that there were, there would be an opportunity where she would be a part of, as the president of the university, would be a part of that interview um, if it was a critical position. Um, And I would sit in there uh, and uh, watch her interview people and I'm telling you, it is an art and a science. And she brought the art to it. Uh, but it was all about the questions. I mean, she would listen to the story. What you know, it wasn't about can I get through the pre-prepared yeah. questions or just read through the resume and ask the perfunctory questions you're supposed to ask. No, she would, she would listen, and then she'd ask a follow-up question about a story. And the next thing you know, we are right there at that person's core values mm. or. You know, we are right there to what what's at the heart of the motivation or the lack of motivation. Sometimes there was for this this job. Um, wow, it was it was a it was a fun thing to watch.
0: As you get under the hood, maybe uh, and, and journey alongside her, was there something that you could name? Was there something you could name that that drove her? Was there something that she like that that then you could export and, and bring into your own life? Is there something that tangible or was it just kind of over time a feel?
1: She was motivated by making the biggest contribution she could possibly make to Mm. the lives of the students that came through the university. So she had no qualms about making hard decisions as long as it positively contributed to the lives of those students she would put aside her own preferences her own thoughts or opinions if there was great evidence data or opinions otherwise that students could be served more effectively or better um, by another decision or another way Uh, she was and is continues to be driven by touching lives and making lives better for other people. Um, it's very inspiring. It was very inspiring.
0: Um, and how's that impacted your leadership today?
1: Yeah. Well, I, um, what's funny is you were mentioning color energy. So that's from this insights discovery yeah, uh, yeah. tool that we all share. And if you haven't done it yet, um, if you're listening to this, we'd love to invite you into it. But um, yeah.
0: that's a big part of unique is really it you is. Know, kind yeah. of the, you know, getting, you know, as much scientific and not necessarily with Myers Briggs, but a, a form of that kind of oh. uh personality assessment through insights. You guys do strengths finder, you guys do it. Use all those things, mm-hmm. you know, some of them are, are marketplace terms to see this kind of reveal there. So I'm sorry, go back to the yeah. you go back to the color energies. Yeah. <laughs> I well, got yellow.
1: And I got red. She's my opposite type in every okay. way. Um, on all of those different inventories or assessments that any of you might have, out there might have taken. Um, and I think one of the things that uh, she was able to show me in leadership is that uh, the opposite of, of weakness is not necessarily strength in terms of like, getting things done or getting them done the way you want, but was rather vulnerability
0: opposite of weakness is vulnerability
1: the the not of this opposite as much as it is kind of the 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 other force that you can you okay. can show up with instead of people think oh if i'm if i'm not strong i'm weak okay and from okay. her perspective it was it's not i'm not leading out of a i'm, I'm not giving up strength to be able to be vulnerable like mm. strength and vulnerability are in many ways very um, tied necessarily tied. To be vulnerable is to be strong. And I had never seen that in action in the way that she let out of it. Um, I, think the, I think there is a level of vulnerability you can get to in ministry, um, but it's difficult uh, because of the pastoral relationship. There is a, a relationship there that matters and it's, a, it's, it's it can be formal. And what you say from the pulpit uh, stories that you tell, <laughs> you can get to a certain letter of familiarity, but to get to vulnerability um, is hard. It's hard for any of us. And we um, we all strive to do it, I think, well. Um, she just modeled it for me in a way that I I continue to strive for, um, being open, being teachable, mm. not needing to have all the answers, um, but not questioning the call that God has for me in, to be in the role that I'm in, yeah. Um, at the same time,
0: I know when you guys, when we met, first met, you were in that season of leadership at Vanguard. You had mm-hmm. been through a vision clarity process, right? Yep. And so that you know, yep. you had led uh, in so, in some senses the the whole university to be more clear about the vision at a yep. at a mm-hmm. corporate level. Yep. Was there something in that that really spurred this kind of desire for for that kind of clarity at the individual level that eventually led you to unique or was there something just in that season? give us give us a little moment yeah. of breakthrough in that in that time frame
1: yeah, that 's a great question so um, the corporate clarity uh, adventure um, i, I 've been doing since the late 90s um, yeah. in different ways as a consultant um, from my first um, season of vocation. Um, But it was, I think I was in my mid thirties when I um, learned about the opportunity to have a life plan uh, facilitated for you. And I took advantage of that um, through the Patterson Center and uh, it was great. And I had an incredible breakthrough there and that really positioned and set up my time at Vanguard very well. um,
0: What was was the breakthrough? Is it too personal to get into or is there something you can share?
1: I'm happy to be vulnerable. I'll be vulnerable, Brian. Hey,
0: I would like you just to be familiar. Don't be vulnerable. <laughs> I'm just yeah, be vulnerable. vulnerable. Let's go deep here.
1: Yeah, deep. Yeah, I think a couple of things. Uh, one is um, I had a great deal of energy at that season of my life um, going toward uh, parenting two babies. Yeah. And um, one of the things that my life plan helped me. Name was that my desire to be productive, which is very deep in me, and my, my productivity engine is kind of high. Um, I had a real opportunity to just redefine what productivity looks like for a while. And that might sound super simple, but for me, it was a huge breakthrough to say that investing in these children, um, just getting the laundry done and food on the table at the end of the day, and the goldfish vacuumed up from the minivan. That actually is productivity for this season, mm. and um, I had never really thought about it that way. I thought it was more putting productivity or 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 vocation on a shelf for a season instead of reimagining or redefining it. And uh, that that was really big. And then the second one for me was um, just needing to surrender the uh, need I had at the to meet other people's expectations. Um, whether it was family, my parents, or um, I went to selective schools. So there was a lot of always academic pressure and awards, and you know, you go to alumni gatherings, and it's you know who's the who's doing what and accomplishing what, and yeah. I, I I got sucked into that big time of just the worldly um, value that success equals how much money you make. Yeah, and so. Uh, really surrendering that to the Lord and, and understanding success to be not how much money you make, but success is how faithfully can you live out your call, your unique life call. And that, that was really big for me. And the journey then toward today, being part of Life Unique started there when I could, uh, see that for myself and the power that it released in myself. And then to be able to provide that for other people was really big. Of course, um, Will Mancini and I were friends uh, way back then. We were actually, he um, uh, came alongside and did some work with me at the university for a while. And so we were in parallel universes uh, thinking about this whole personal calling thing in different um, contexts. And so I think the Lord, brought our our stories back together um, for this season to move from the corporate clarity side to the personal clarity side. Um, But it's also, I mean, it's kind of a false dichotomy from the perspective of we are in it for the church and we genuinely believe that the more that individuals get clarity, the more powerful the community and the body of Christ will be as the church in the world. So the... Unique winds up finding itself in the uh, the church's uh, vision frame as yeah. a way to help the church get a engine get energy and an engine behind its its vision. Um, because man, when people when people are released on on their own uh, personal calling, it's it's powerful. So that's how those stories came back together over time. No,
0: I love that, and I love I love seeing that. Personal calling, the clarity of of a life call for the individuals in my congregation, really strengthens the overall clarity of the organization. Because I think sometimes
1: Absolutely. there's yes. an
0: unwritten fear that, well, if if people kind of have this call, that means they're gonna want to do all these other ministries, and I'm gonna lose some control as a leader, right? I'm gonna, it's gonna be mayhem, it's gonna be anarchy. Everybody's gonna be doing their <laughs> own thing, and yeah. there's gonna be. I mean, forget the knitting ministry. We're going to have the left-handed carpenters ministry. We're going to have, you know, the the yeah. person who wants to go, uh, you know, give glasses to, you know, yeah. foreign countries. And I mean, you know, how do I manage all these people with a calling, you know? Yep. But maybe that is maybe that is what it is. I mean, maybe that is stewarding the discipleship of the individual call. Um, yeah, I,
1: I would say a couple of things to that. Like, you're going to have the the mayhem anyway, right? I mean, it's the church. Um, It's what it's supposed to be in many ways, you know? Um, But I would say this, that when people get an insight into the power of understanding their call and how they're living it out, they get an even greater understanding of what it means for the church to have a shared mission Mm. and the ways in which the church can live it out. So I say I, I have seen, our experience so far is as people get more clarity around their own call and, the, and how that, that is being lived out, they get more excited and more engaged for the church to be on mission. And then they align themselves, meaning they now understand, oh, this is where I get jazzed up. This is my, my moment.
0: There's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of like, oh, we need this around the concept of a leadership pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and really, that seems like it's more okay. How do we get the volunteers we need, right? How do we right. make sure those, you know, we, we fill all the empty boxes, and I can take my name out of like four or five of the boxes? Uh, how does how does unique fit into a leadership pipeline culture, or how does it how does it help me if I'm if I'm working through installing a leadership pipeline?
1: I think it's back to the idea that when people have clarity on who they are and what they're called okay. to do, they're actually looking for places to now live that out. Okay. It's exciting. You know, so I'm it's like, kind oh. of a
0: flywheel at every level.
1: It really is. I, um, I've had exactly no one. Tell me that they regretted going through Unique. <laughs> exactly. No Nobody one told yet.
0: Me. Nobody yet's come back for the refund or. or ask no, so
1: I mean no one's. No one's told yeah. me that. Um, I, I, and maybe I just don't know that, but I mean, I've 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 only heard people say they are more alive and more excited yeah. to plug into the ministry of their church on the other side of Unique um, because of the clarity, because of I mean, honestly, just the invitation and the opportunity to really understand who God's called them to be. I mean, it, it feels like, okay, so here's one of the crazy mandates that we, that we wrestled down. What happens when you join a gym?
0: You go a couple times then never go back? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Not that me. That could be.
1: Not, Not me. you, Brian. Uh,
0: okay, okay, okay.
1: But in general, gyms meet with you one-on-one at first, right? And they get to yes. know you. They're like, what are your they fitness They pull the
0: for? calipers out. They pull they those, pull pinchy those things nasty out. calipers
1: yeah. out. They yeah. test Did your they fitness. Do they clean Yeah, no, I don't think I'm so. Sorry. You know, they test your fitness. They, they, they yeah. ask yeah. you why you're here. Yeah. Are you trying to lose weight? Are you recovering from surgery? Are you, you know, whatever. And then based on who you are, they build a custom plan mm-hmm. for you to reach your goals. The church doesn't necessarily take the same individual interest in people. From the perspective of the church having a posture of saying as an individual, what are you struggling with? Mm. You know, where, how would you like to grow in this next season? What does that look like? What are all the obstacles in your way? Um, and so when people are given, when the church gives people the gift of unique and It's it's really the church saying to the individuals in the church, I really see you. I care about you. I want to help you grow. I want to help you um, name the places where God's calling you. And then I want to be behind you and equipping you to get there. And people receive that. Has such an intimate blessing by their church that on the other side of Unique they are like super excited to go serve their church that's how it helps the leadership pipeline
0: yeah yeah i think I think I sense that personally, and it may be late in the podcast to reveal this, but certainly <laughs> uh, somebody's picked up on this already i mean we 're sibling organizations, Oxano and Unique, we both yes. share central tenets of clarity. Uh, the Vision Frame, uh, founded, you know, by Will Mancini, both organizations. So we're, we're sibling organizations, although we're two definitely uh, distinct groups of people. And so, I, you know, full disclosure, I've been through the unique process. I've been through mm-hmm. um, that process. And, and I got to tell you, I feel it uh, in, in just even, you know, permission in, in when I write and permission to how I do things, Even even launching this podcast was a part of kind of understanding myself a little bit more and you know asking what what contribution can I make to the larger kingdom now listen, mm-hmm. I'm not saying this podcast is is definitively a contribution yet, but in my <laughs> heart I hope that doing this is is aiding to the work of Christ in 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 pastors lives and leaders' lives and so I, I know that there's something I've made decisions real time when I'm writing something. Uh, you know, I can be a little bit more satirical when I'm writing some things because that's how God has called me. I can't write serious stuff. It's hard. Like I'm trying to write some serious stuff right now. And I just, it's easier to make a top 10 list that has some good poignant thoughts in it, but also is a little bit, is a little bit funny that, that makes somebody laugh. Hey, as we're sitting here though, on this, on this new year, right? We're sitting here and we've got kind of this whole landscape of 2019 ahead of us. Um, and if you're listening to this and it's like 2020 or 2021, God bless you. I'm so glad this has had some resonance that far out. But right now, in real time, we're on kind of the edge of, of this new year in the very beginning stages of 2019. 2020 is just around the corner, which, you know, blows my mind. And I'm sure Rick Warren is, is going back over the list. I'm, I'm sure but the reality is, is like, what what are you guys as an organization? What's unique looking forward to this year? What's something you guys are like? Super excited that 2019, even beyond 2020, has ahead. It's a
1: great question. Uh, we are excited about a couple of things. Um, one is that we are uh, we just released a, a six week introdu- preview, I guess, of unique that will help uh, churches and and small groups and retreats kind of. Begin understanding the power of gospel. Is it like a, a group design. study?
0: Is it? What it do you mean, is what do you mean the preview.
1: Yeah, it's a six-week group study. Okay. Uh, self-led. So okay. No, no, no training or certification required. But um, we realized the value of creating a an introduction to unique that will help yeah. people get excited about taking the journey.
0: Starting the conversation and really kind yeah. of oh, okay. yeah, okay,
1: yeah. Exactly. And for um, leaders, church leaders, to get a kind of a sense of what what we're talking about when we mean uh, disciple making uh, through life design. Um, and that that is a study of the life of David. And um, my friend, partner, Dave Rhodes, uh, wrote it. And it's just phenomenal. And uh, that's available now going into the new year. And we have uh, a lot of interest in that. And so we'll be supporting that um,
0: we'll put a link to that in the show notes on the podcast yeah. episode. Yeah. So that people can check out that. Is it like a downloadable thing or is it, you know,
1: you, uh, you can get it from our store,
0: okay. has, uh, okay. but
1: we sell them in a bundle of one, one trainer guide, which is complete full, yeah. full trainer guide. And then eight participant guides. Um, yeah. And then, and you can buy whatever you need, but um, low cost, Uh, we think very high value in terms of just introducing the concept and starting to understand the power of the process. mm
0: -hmm. I'm sorry. Is it something I can do with my small group, even if my church isn't?
1: Absolutely. Or is
0: it? Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's the beauty of it. It's, it really is its own self-contained adventure. So you can do it in your small group um, and, or a retreat or a Bible study, anything like a Sunday school, uh, whatever your uh, connection is. Uh, Great self contained piece. Um, so, we also have um, exciting coming up. Uh, we have Will Mancini, who we were mentioning earlier, um, has um, gone into the final stages of Life Unique the book, which we'll, we're going to have a full book out. Uh, but we'll be releasing the um, first portion of that, which is called The Clarity Spiral uh, book this year. Um, or in the first uh, 90 days of this year. Um, And the Clarity Spiral is a a great, um, it is the first session of Unique um, and it is the uh, kind of principles of life design and why we think they're important and the centeredness of of the gospel in our process. Um, So that'll be coming out in the first uh, 90 days of the new year. So we look forward to sharing that with you.
0: What about you? What are you personally looking forward to in this new year?
1: Uh, I'm personally looking forward to the opportunity we have coming up um, late summer to invite some of the people who went through Unique um, almost two years ago. So for our first uh, big group of people that went through Unique uh, are now coming up on their three-year renewal. So okay. we have a, a life-making pro- cycle that uh, in our process that renews quarterly, it renews annually, but then there's a three-year renewal that is designed um, in the process to um, create visions beyond the horizon storyline part. And we have our first uh, big group of people who are hitting that three-year mark. And so we're going to have a retreat um, and all get together and talk about the journey so far together and, uh, renew our, our, uh, three-year vision together. And I just, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear that because many of these people have, have done it for themselves, but many of them are also yeah. leading unique out in their churches and they're, they're, they're getting a front row seat to the, the transformation and the breakthroughs that people are experiencing with unique. So I, I'm really excited to get together and to hear the stories and yeah. to just kind of share the journey together at this, okay. at this stage of the ministry.
0: There'll probably be a ton of stories that are that are coming out.
1: I can't
0: uh, wait. Yeah, it's going to so be, be good. I can I look. I look forward to hearing some of those stories and, and seeing that. Yeah. Hey, Kelly, there's uh, there's three questions I ask every podcast guest. It's kind of our our uh, our thread that 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 stays the same uh, throughout. So here's number one. Okay. What's one daily or regular habit you practice that keeps you close to the heart of God?
1: One daily practice I have uh, is. I write scripture.
0: Okay. What do you mean? I mean, like you're, you're creating a new book that, you know, um, or you're rewriting.
1: I, I found that for I, me. I know you're
0: not creating a new book. No,
1: honestly. no, no, no. I found for me that I, I, there's a, um, a guide of scripture. It's a few verses a day and I just copy them into a journal. Do I just, I mean, instead of just reading them, I write them.
0: Why is that important for you? What have you learned about yourself that, that reading is not enough, that rewriting it?
1: I found that I would wind up wanting to read, but unfortunately, the way my mind works, I would wind up writing my grocery list instead or just getting distracted by what needed to be done on the to do list. Um, the devil would just get in there so fast for me in my head. Mm-hmm. When I put pen to paper, though, um, I can't make other lists. I can't. I mean, I'm physically doing this one, <laughs> doing this yeah. activity. Yeah. So my spiritual director encouraged me to try that, and it's really been powerful for me. Um, yeah, I don't think it's for it everybody. My, but
0: it's, yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> it's been powerful for me to to um, because it's created um, focus and um, the opportunity to learn. To receive the scripture again, uh, because I'm writing it out, and as I write it, I have to almost chew on the words. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're
0: physically having to interact with every word.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Versus kind of skim over a couple or skip the ones where the indents are happening because you know that's a quote. yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's a good thought. And how long have you been doing this journaling or rewriting?
1: About uh, just over a year.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you got, a, you got a big journal full now? Is, is there something <laughs> to go back to that? Or is it, There's is multiple. There's multiple ones the now.
1: Yeah, well, I started with a thin one, and I realized that was a yeah. little bit silly. I didn't really yeah. know what I was getting into.
0: <laughs> are you making any other notes? Or are you putting any thoughts you're having about the scripture at the time, or are you just simply writing the scripture?
1: I'm simply writing it.
0: I mean, I don't say simply in kind of a, a demean way. I'm just saying, you know, cause my temptation would be like to write it and then, okay, here's three points. Oh, here's how I could teach this. Here's how, you know, this fits into the daily life. And, and, and I think I would miss what I've what I'm sensing you are getting out of it is just the, the, mm-hmm. the beautiful simplicity of interacting with, with the word of God.
1: Yeah. I'm not doing other things in that space. Um, later on, I have found, like, when I am writing, um, I don't know, a piece for Unique or I'm teaching, I will remember something and I'll go back and find it, which is silly because I could just find it in the Bible, but because it's all yeah. it is, is written it down. But for some reason, having written it down with my hand and my pen, um, like, even even yesterday, I was, um, I'm right now writing out a lot of Isaiah, and I was in... Um, lessons and carols my younger daughter was um is a musician and was leading part of lessons and carols and uh the reading from isaiah came and it talked about sitting at the mouth of the cobra's den and i was like i had never i had just written that a couple days ago and it's in it it stood out to me i'm sure i've heard that a thousand times and i, I never really processed it yeah You know, but when I was writing it, I was like, really? (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's it's the same as the "The lion will lay down with the lamb. We all heard that, but it goes on, you know, (laughs) like, and we'll sit at the child, will sit at the mouth of the cobra's den. Like, oh, anyway, I just, and so I'll go back to things that I've written. It'll pop up for me in new ways um, over time.
0: That's great. That's great. Now that's, that's. Anyway. Cool. Number two, if you could go back to your first year of ministry Mm. and tell yourself one thing, what would it be?
1: Take the long view.
0: Take the long view. Unpack that.
1: Well, um, and it might, it might differ depending on the tradition that you're in. um, But there does seem to be a sense of urgency um, whether it comes from wanting to see people know the Lord or a sense of urgency from people may not get into heaven or a sense of urgency with respect to the decline of the church um, mm-hmm. and the, the fact that younger people aren't coming um, into a faith in Jesus or whatever. There's just this, I don't know, when I started off in ministry, I felt like there was just this um, sense of panic all the time in the system. Um, and it was over time that, um, I learned to surrender that and to realize that we may only have a couple of days, but I'm going to live my life in such a way that my soul and my life and my family matters as much as the call of the church in the world. Mm. That I think God actually wants me to be a whole healthy person as well as intentional on the kingdom purposes that he's put into my life. Um, but most importantly, that it's that you know, it's not mine to save. Jesus did it already. <laughs> it's it's uh, he's the Lord. I am not. Uh, so that just the long view of of a, a life well lived. Uh, I, w- I would love to live live that more out in my first year of ministry, as I I, I hope to every year of my life. <laughs>
0: I'd hope hope we would all have that that desire, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, last question: Is there (laughs) one book that you consistently recommend or give as a gift?
1: Well, I I will. I will say no because I have um, multiple books. I I know it depends on the person. Like, so you're saying there is there's multiple?
0: You give books? I do have one.
1: And don't have just one, yeah, because I, I, it just depends on where people are in their story and what they're struggling with. And
0: what's your favorite one that you've given? Has there been a moment where you they've recommended a book or given a book, just and it was just like, yes, I can't wait because this is <laughs> this is going to be cool.
1: I have, yeah, there's a, there's a few that um, that have been repeats. I guess you call them okay. that. Um, uh, over time, um, when I was in the season of being a young mom and things like that, uh, Lauren Winter started writing, and, and "Girl Meets God" was one that got shared a lot, um, mostly because it just um, allowed you to be to feel what you were feeling as a young mom in that space of raw just raw, yeah. <laughs> feeling raw and honest. And a lot of the Christian living books you are a little um, uh, in the space of trying to either fix things or make it okay. And it was, it was one that just allowed you to be raw and not and as
0: clean. No, it's not clean.
1: It's not clean. But it was good. And so that, that definitely was one I, or one I have shared many times um, over the years. Um I have several by Dallas Willard. I had the opportunity to know him for a season and um, depending on where people are, um, obviously the Divine Conspiracy being my favorite,
0: Yeah,
1: but it's a little heavy.
0: Something with you unique people. I know. And the Divine Conspiracy by Willard. I don't, I don't know if there's a thread there. <laughs> it seems to be a familiar pattern that I get to hear.
1: I know, but it's, it's so good. And it's, it's a little, it's a little much, um, from that perspective, but it's, it's really, really good. Um, so those are a couple.
0: Good. Yeah. Girl Meets God, Divine Conspiracy. Yeah. It's great. Hey, Thank Kelly, you. thanks for being a part of the podcast. Thanks for taking a yeah. little dive for on, having on me. your journey and the journey of Unique. And, and as we all kind of look ahead and stand at this, uh, kind of the fresh, the fresh new year that's ahead. Um, it's really exciting to know that, that this could be a year that we can grow even deeper into God's calling for our lives, uh, for our churches and uh, for our families. So thanks for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for listening to My Ministry Breakthrough from the Oxano Podcast Network. You can head over to myministrybreakthrough.com to join the conversation and access our show notes, including the books or other resources mentioned in this episode. If you enjoy hearing these stories of Ministry Breakthrough, We would be honored if you would subscribe, rate, and even leave a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. Thanks again for listening.